Part one of this discussion is available from the Drunken Time Travel podcast, available on iTunes and at drunkentimetravel.com. And now, the conclusion. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 19, The Drunken Time Travel Crossover, covering the Star Wars Christmas Special with Gav Brown and Gav Drury. Friends, it's hey. time for the crossover show. Hey, and exciting. With us, uh, we, we haven't come up with a clever way to introduce them. Uh, that That's on their show, part one, which you should be listening to first. Uh, the, the two hosts of Drunken Time Travel, Irish Gav and English Gav. Hello. What's up? Hey, guys. I'll be the English one. <laughs> uh, I'll be the vaguely Irish one. <laughs> well, Irish for the purposes of this show, not... Uh, yes. <laughs> of, this, of this show that covers the Irish-hating show, Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, if there's He's any the show Doctor out there that hates Star Trek more. <laughs> Of the Doctor Who hosts on the Star Trek podcast about Star Wars. Yes. Uh, so, Matt. Hi. We have you to blame for this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we we are covering the second half. As I mentioned, the first half was covered on uh, Drunken Time Travel. The mm-hmm. second half will be covered here. Of the infamous Star Wars holiday special. Yep. com. Yes. com or <laughs> iTunes or um, isn't there some other place? I thought there was. I thought, well, never mind. Uh, Drunkentimetravel.com. Well, there's our website, but it feeds all feeds into the same thing. Right, mm. right. Yeah. Uh, very well. Um, but Life, yeah. Life day. <laughs> Matt, you said, uh, hey, why don't we next year watch the Star Wars holiday special? And we all said, well, we've never seen that. Uh, sure. How bad could it be? And I said, <laughs> <laughs> and now here we are. Yeah. Well, look, here's, here's the thing, though. I may have said it. But you did it. Like you, I say, I say dumb. Cra- I say dumb crap. People aren't supposed to take seriously all the time. Yeah, that's a fair point. I we base two podcasts partially around it. So yeah, yeah, two and, podcasts. No, the the idea that Matt uh, anything Matt says is a lie is definitely ignoring me. And you chose this time to listen. <laughs> Well, he makes a fair point, guys, that it's, it's like, he made the suggestion, but we went with it. Like, we yeah. could have, the three of us, overridden him with our votes, and we didn't do that. I, I wasn't I'm, serious. I'm just one man. I mean, you know, the, the it, I would assume a majority makes this happen or not, right? And yeah. Who says one man can't change a podcast? <laughs> Al does when he does every week. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well... I honestly, like, I am a huge Star Wars fan. Even still, I'm, like, the last remaining Star Wars fan in the world, and I had never seen this. Like, and I grew up, like, I would have been four or five when this came out, and somehow I, I'd never seen it until until now. So mm-hmm. thanks for that, Matt. You're welcome. Don't say I never gave you anything garbagey. <laughs> and me? Well, I'm not really a fan. I don't, I, of, I think... Of, of anything? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not true. He likes science and, um, I don't know, math. Yeah, and... R- and rough beer, yeah, <laughs> beer. You like beer, yeah. 
Like but yeah, let, actually, let's well. let's get a let's get a general feel for our our varying levels of of Star Wars fandom. I still consider myself squarely a fan. I didn't. I I will get a lot of hate mail for this, and I will immediately throw it away because I don't. I'm not interested in this discussion. But I mostly liked the prequels, at least two and three. I don't talk about one. But uh, <laughs> but uh, what about you guys? Well, I I like three. Uh, pretty much like two. Uh, like the like the movies, read a few books, like droids and Ewoks when I was young. So you'd still consider yourself a fan? Yeah, I'm excited about the new movie. Yeah, because Millennium Falcon and Tie Fighters. Yeah, right. However, it should be pointed out that they were in this. So <laughs> <laughs> fair point. Whereas and... me, I was never really a fan of Star Wars. I watched them; they were all meh. Yes, I watched yes. them again recently. I thought even more meh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because yes, I I saw I watched you when you watched the trailer for the new movie, and your face was just like incredulous all throughout. Yeah, it just looks meh. Stop saying meh. I, I just picture you. I just picture you turn to Irish Gavin going, "Why is that sword looks... made out of light?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't that make doesn't, any sense. Here are all the work. reasons that wouldn't work. <laughs> And, and Matt, you an email. <laughs> Matt, your uh, it looks exactly the same as all the previous six. <laughs> yes, exactly. Why didn't you say five because uh, you were trying to forget about Phantom Menace. Mm. Oh, was that it? But yeah, I did like the uh, the side shaped lightsaber. I thought that looked cool. Mm-hmm. And then Matt, your your level of fandom is a bit more. Let's say it has more of a dramatic arc to it. Yeah, mine's a little more complicated in that I went from biggest Star Wars fan ever, like I we were watching this and I could name almost everybody in the bar scene. Mm. Like I'm not. I was just not just a fan of these movies. I was like I was deep into the expanded universe crap. I had almost as many Star Wars novels as I currently have Star Trek novels. Mm-hmm. And went from that to, oh, God, I'm so tired of this crap. Fair enough. And I think that's where just, a lot of people are these days. But uh, Just just done. Yeah. Well, like I say, as, as, a, as, as someone who was born in the mid-70s and saw all the movies, it's, just, it's, it's a thing that's sort of in my blood. I can't, I can't avoid it. So now for you, we're going like to synopsize. Yes, yes, like midichlorians. <laughs> let's, let's not get started on that, please. You know, I can name each individual midichlorian from when they appeared in the bar scene. <laughs> Someone or our trade master. Well, midichlorians. <laughs> uh, probably. Uh, I, I am now going to tell you what, well, what I think happened <laughs> in the I second half. Sue anyone. If anyone's going to yeah. sue anyone, it's Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Here we go. So, we came in during the commercials, which is usually a thing I try to avoid, but I was pretty goddamn excited to relive the funky, funky ads of my youth. For instance, General Motors. Not a specific car, just General Motors in general. <coughs> Motors. Then a series of groovy ladies eat a, eat a type of cake that claims to be moister than most cakes. And if there's one thing I've learned from internet memes and people repeating internet memes, it's that everyone loves the word moist. Then a commercial for Hungry Jack Biscuits, accompanied by banjo music. Banjo music accompanied everything in the late 70s. John Denver was our shadow king. Then a news break. The Russians may have a neutron bomb. Also, it's nine months after a big blizzard and a bunch of babies weren't born. Which, I guess, is news? Then a commercial for Consumer Catalog, Pueblo, Colorado. Which, to this day, I don't know what that is. Oh, and then the actual show starts. And now I'm bored. Matt? 
So after a brief visit with a hideous baby Chewbacca, accurately named Lumpy, we get to the cool thing, a Star Wars cartoon, rendered in the style of such classic 70s children's fare as Heavy Metal and Fritz the Cat. And then we, and we meet everyone's favorite best friend, Boba Fett. Boba Fett? Where? Seriously, they all seem to, like, really like Boba Fett. I guess nobody had decided that he was an evil bounty hunter yet. And also the genetic template for the Stormtrooper army. So much for that meticulously planned nine-part saga, eh, George? So then Chewie gets some sort of, uh, serum. Uh, Darth Vader briefly appears on a television with a weird slowed-down voice. Yeah, look, you guys got back James Earl Jones. You don't need to fix him in post. And then the Millennium Falcon leaves for an appearance in the Episode Seven trailer. Uh, feel free to start screaming now. Uh, we then pull out from the cartoon about his dad... We then pull out from the cartoon about his dad that Lumpy was apparently watching. Lumpy? His name was Lumpy? This is what I get for not watching the first part of this thing, I guess. I can only assume it would all make sense if I'd seen that first hour. So, no longer placated by cartoons, the Imperial Army shows how evil they are by destroying a kindergarten. A surviving Death Star guy beheads beloved friend of children, Francois the Stuffed Bantha. Does not include stuffed bantha fodder, some assembly required. That bit of unneeded cruelty done, two of the Imperials leave, and Lumpy holds a stuffed animal funeral, as is the tradition of his people. Then, in what I can only <laughs> assume is also a Wookiee tradition, he watches an instructional video from the Star Wars equivalent of Radio Shack, narrated by the Star Wars equivalent of Dorf on Golf, Harvey Corman. <laughs> See, because Harvey Corman and Tim Conway... Never mind. Am I the only one who remembers the 70s? <laughs> Harvey hilariously acts like a robot by blinking and not blinking? A forthcoming commercial advertises Tobor, the plastic robot, an actual Earth toy that makes a much more convincing robot than this guy. Also, it's possible he wasn't a robot at all, but just Lumpy's VCR was broken. Anyway, it's time for commercials, and the best of this batch involves an eagle, a rousing speech about patriotic values like self-reliance, and then an appeal to buy Whirlpool products. You know, dishwashers and fridges, as symbolized by the vicious attack of said eagle on some delicious trout. Back in the Star Wars universe, sort of, the Imperial Playdate Ruiners watch a documentary? Live feed? Soap opera? About what's going on at Moss Eisley Cantina. And what's going on is celebrity guest star TV's Maud, aka, AKA Dorothy Zabornek, aka the Femputer, aka B. Arthur, tending bar. I think she's supposed to be the No Droids guy's mother? Don't lie, Matt. You know that bartender's name, don't you? I don't, actually. Damn it, I didn't buy that Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina book for nothing. Anyway, so then B gets hit on by a hideous reddish man with a hole in the top of his head, which I found really disturbing. Like, is his brain just below the surface? What is happening in there? And why is he pouring beer in there? What's going on? So a generic, not terribly grand moff calls to enforce a curfew on this non-imperial world, which kind of feels like the president of New Zealand calling France and telling them all to go to bed. And then B tries to empty out the bar, taking more time than the wait between Jedi and Phantom Menace. Using well-known bartending skills like singing and giving away free drinks, she eventually coaxes a dance out of an apparently alive Greedo, using the assumed name of Watlo, and a now two-armed walrus guy. Walrus guy? Ugh. Honda Baba. Damn it, I wanted to summarize this part, because Matt reminded me that one of the guys in the cantina was called Snaggletooth, and I wanted to make an exit stage left even reference. Also, I would have mentioned that Satan showed up and pulled a gun on B. Arthur. Also, I would have mentioned the giant rat that they just stuck in between the otherwise familiar aliens. Presumably, it was raiding around for Rob Reiner to finish up on all, the, all in the family and make the princess bride. Also, also, I'm positive one of those aliens was two kids in a trench coat. Anyway, 
Back to the framing device of Lumpy's treehouse, Lumpy has proven himself quite the junior Wesley Crusher by building a talking device that fools actual military guys. Hey, it says, I'm on your team. Go over there. And then somehow impossibly all the Imperials just go over there. They do leave one stormtrooper behind who then figures out what's going on and lurches over to put a stop to it. But then Han fucking Solo shows up and it's not the low budget TV equivalent either. It's actually Harrison fucking Ford. Somehow he causes the stormtrooper to literally trip over his own gun and fall off a railing to his death, complete with Wilhelm scream. And then everyone hugs for 20 minutes. There's a lot of giant Wookiee arm back padding, and I think Chewie's hideous father, Itchy, actually gets his fur tangled in a radiator at one point. <laughs> and then Han leaves to go be somewhere more interesting, and to the shock of all, we don't follow him. You guys, Han Solo is going to go do something, and this TV show doesn't want us to know what that is. And then the Chewbacca family all line up and start handi handling candles, which seems like an incredibly terrible terrible idea, what with all that loose fur hanging around. And then they don red robes and walk to heaven, apparently. More commercials, including one where an old lady talks about underwear and fruit shows up. Uh, the phone company tries to convince us that they're not evil, and more groovy 70s ladies tell us about pantyhose. Again. I think the producers were very unclear as to the target demographic of this show. So the Wookiees are joined in the cult church by C-3PO and R2-D2, and then by Han, Luke, and Leia. This is where Matt started laughing at the fact that Mark Hamill would soon be horribly disfigured in real life. <laughs> Matt is kind of a monster. Then Carrie Fisher starts singing, and if you ever wondered if the main Star Wars theme had lyrics, cousin, you're in for a treat. Then the Wookiees go home and play around with some Wookiee eggs, and you have a seance. Happy holidays, everyone! Sorry, I should just say happy life day, but... You know, war on life day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, wow. What? <laughs> I really I really hoped when we first watched this the first time that we were just coming in confused. Yeah, like we missed but the setup in the first half, but... Nope. Now that we've done the whole thing, no. <laughs> no, not at all. This is an insane <laughs> show made by crazy people on too many drugs who don't know what they're doing. Now, here's an interesting thing. The, the, the writing credits come up, and first of all, there's like six or eight writers. Mm -hmm. Like, really? It took that many people to put this together. Second of all, Four one of the writers is... Lunch. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> that got him a writing credit back in those days. That, oh, that yeah. union is powerful. Um, but uh, one of the writers is Pat Proft, who contributed uh, very great comedy uh, to Airplane, The Naked Gun, Hot Shots. Like, this is a great comedy writer. What the hell like, is he doing in this? Yeah, like a genuinely competent... Like, more than competent, a genuinely talented comedy writer yep. doing things like, Oh, I'm, I'm a four-armed four TV chef who can't cook right. Uh -huh. Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, what? So, so, so he's the, the uh, droid from Futurama. Yes. With the, uh, yeah, he the, the chair. Yeah, he right. does a bot. Of course. Um, where to even be better. Yes. Where, where to even begin with this, though? I it's, don't. It's just, like, yeah, I focused a lot on the commercials, but, uh... That's because they were the best part. Well, let me let me go into my good thing. Uh, you know, this is nowhere near as horrible as its reputation would lead you to believe. It is, let's be clear, by no means good at all. But I've seen worse. Like, Legends of the Superheroes is worse. It's just, I don't know, when I was little, TV looked like this. Or maybe it's the weird soft spot I have for Star Wars. Anyway, there's just something sort of indefinably late 70s about this that makes me happy. It's, it's an ugly, horrible, scary, ugly, ugly, ugly time that I would never want to relive. Good God, was it ugly. Uh, but it has a fond place in my heart, and this was just purely of its time. It's, 
it's Jimmy Carter and it's ugly brown plaid shirts and it's it's terrible washed out Polaroid pictures and and orange shag carpets and avocado green refrigerators and Dwayne F. Schneider and feathered hair and you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? All I know is that everyone looked like Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time, Matt. Apparently it was a more honest, horror if you'd cut, time. If you cut it down to half an hour, it might have it might have been like a lot better. I, well, there's nothing that's going to make this good. I want to be very clear that I'm not saying this is I'm good at all. I'm not saying good. I'm saying a lot being better. Live would have made it better. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I disagree. If you had cut out everything except the parts that were from Star Wars and then just showed Star Wars, it would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the first... Yeah, you could have taken out, a lot, like, the first half, probably. Really just the cartoon and the movie clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would do. Yeah. Um... No, I just, I don't know. It's like, yeah, there is a bit of nostalgia there because TV, like, it's a cliche and I sound like a terribly old man, but it's fucking true. Like, there was nothing else on. And so, like, there were literally three channels and TV shows had to try to appeal to the entire family to get them to watch. And so there was stuff for kids in here. There was stuff for grownups in here. And it was a big mess because of that. Like, Mm. that's why there's inexplicable music numbers, because I guess for your gay dad. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's nothing my gay, gay dad, dad loves. The Star Wars holidays. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing my gay dad enjoys quite so much as B. Arthur uh, singing. Oh boy. Well, she was a bit of a gay icon, but that's a that's a, I don't think what her role was here exactly. <laughs> I just was it, was I it, like was it a torch song. It was I I don't actually know what that is. What is a torch it's, song? It's it's the song the. Uh, Wookiees were singing at the end when they oh them. when they yeah. were holding the torches, right? <laughs> yes. No, because that was to the, no, the song that was sings. that Jamie was the li- magic torch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the, uh, the the Doctor Who companion. Oh, him. Yes. <laughs> remember oh, remember him? Goes- <laughs> <laughs> remember, I'm still a bit behind. So. <laughs> You're the third Doctor now. Yes, and in color, right? Yes. Ooh. Fantastic. Uh, Matt, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, that that was the one set to the Star Wars theme. We're talking about the song set to the Mos Eisley Cantina theme. Right. Which apparently the Cantina band, uh, Matt, what's their name? Figurin' De A and the Model Nods. Now, in fairness, is there any other venue where that knowledge would ever come in handy? No. Like, I'm doing this partially to mock you, but partially to... To, to justify that part of your brain. I mean, maybe if I went to Star Wars conventions, but uh, I don't. Maybe if I went to Star Wars camp. I can also tell you the name the, the name of the band in, in Java's Palace. Uh, that, uh, no. No, I had really? it and I lost it. That would be Psy Snoodles in the Max Rebo band. Yes, I knew that vaguely. Like, mm-hmm. if you give me multiple choice, I would have got them. <laughs> <laughs> I just, if they didn't say it in the movies, I didn't notice it. Also, they, when they, when they were in this in this uh, bit, they had uh, people singing to the the cantina song and mm-hmm. also singing to the Star Wars theme. Mm-hmm. They weren't really doing that though. They were singing to something else. That just in between them singing, they played some of the Star Wars theme and the cantina song. Yeah, it was a completely different song they were singing to. Yeah, they the uh, the whoever did the orchestration tried their best to to cram to Star Wars into it. it in. Yeah. But, uh, 
to varying degrees of success, I would there's say. There's actually, if the Princess Leia song sounded like anything, it was the uh, the song sung by the female lead in the Rankin-Bass Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer cartoon. <laughs> I think it's called something like There's Always Tomorrow. Well, the thing is, like, shitty Christmas specials... Yes, Tamari. Shitty Christmas specials have a sort of uniform, like, like, there's a template for this. And they might have taken out these specific references to Christmas, but it still very much feels like a shitty Christmas special. Yeah, all we're missing is the true meaning of Life Day, which we don't have to worry about because we just fucking see it at the end. It's, it's probably in there, we just probably couldn't understand it. Mm. Well, you mean the bookies we're talking about. Right. Oh, yeah. They were probably talking about it for most of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a whole speech like about yeah, how... Setting you, the scene up and everything. And, yeah. you know. You have to keep Wookie Jesus in your heart, and, and that's you know, Itchy. When I think about the star, when I think about the true meaning of Life Day, all I can think about is crucified Wookie Jesus mm-hmm. and butt plugs. Yep. <laughs> well, now, now that's that's the ruined your present. Butt plug. <laughs> sacrificial butt plug. Sacrificial butt plug. That's some sacrifice, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your presents ruined. I guess you can go open them now. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Jesus wanked for your sins. <laughs> um, we've just lost the Bible Belt. Did I'm we ever have the Bible Belt? About 34 episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I have trouble believing they got through any of my uh, of my episodes on religion. Yeah, we're we're deep into Deep Space Nine now, and Matt uh, talks about religion any chance he can get. So, yeah. I, I remember when I was watching the, the Cantina scene as well. Yep. Uh, he come on. What? Why do we have a random bit with a creepy stalker dude? Oh God! Oh, oh at first, Gorman, at the, first the I was. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He was yeah, awful. with the wacky why, why sort is of creepy stalker dude got a bit in this. And more oh. importantly, why is the creepy stalker dude got a bit in this? And then the end of the scene in a holiday is special. apparently apparently where he's alone in the bar with her. Yeah, that's horrible. And that's supposedly <laughs> the happy ending. Yeah. See. I... I, at first, I was kind of applauding this scene for reflecting what an actual bar is like, because there is that one creepy drunk guy who will not leave the female bartender alone. But I don't necessarily think that's good for kids to see, and it's not exactly yeah. entertaining, so. <laughs> but I think yeah. we've all we've all seen that guy in a bar at one time or oh, another. Oh, definitely. Hey, baby, what are you yeah, doing tonight? I've been drinking with him. Yeah. <laughs> Literally... Are you drinking with him now? Just, just <laughs> cough, <laughs> cough once for yes. The creepy stalker dude is in the house right now. <laughs> podcast, podcast is coming from inside the house. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, it, she spends the whole time sort of lightly chiding them to leave. Like, this is the, this is the most passive-aggressive last call imaginable. It's like, hey, maybe you want to head out pretty soon. I'll buy you guys all another round, but then really you gotta go. Because the one thing you want to tell drunks to leave is, I'll give you more alcohol. Here, have some more beer and then go home. Yeah. Yep, I'm convinced. I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm totally leaving after like, this round. I mean, why not? I got beer at home, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but this it's... Entire, this entire bit was set up as like a Star Wars reality show. And, <laughs> yeah, but... and that the Empire mandated that people must see it. Right. I don't understand why they would want people to see this. And and it, it appears well, from the framing... Empire. It, it appears from the framing device that they're watching this on, like, a security feed, except it's got multiple angles and choreography, so yep. maybe not. <laughs> not super clear on that. Um, well, it's, just, it's just about as confusing as the, the, the Star Wars cartoon. Director. 
What's that? One dedicated director with 24 <laughs> hours a day. Yep. If only we had that on the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> what, directing? Yes. <laughs> Editing, well, directing, you know. Well, I mean, if there's one thing we know for a fact, it's that the director of Star Wars most definitely did not show up. Yeah. So. <laughs> say, say what you will about George Lucas, and please don't. But um, Oh, I will. But, but I sympathize with the guy because he didn't apparently have much to do with this, and he really just wants to distance himself from it now, and I can appreciate that. Like, he can't do anything about it, but I, I do kind of feel for him. Like, ugh, that was a mistake. Fuck, I only watched it, and I want to distance myself from it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not taking beloved characters that you created and uh, doing this to them. Yeah, and I've already deleted it. <laughs> yeah, see, I still have to edit this, so I have to take the quotes out, but uh, believe me, it's going in my trash not long after that. Is there a way I can re- I can put it in the recycling bin with extreme prejudice? Can I not recycle this? Can I, like, throw it into the sea? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because everything evil is in the sea. It's true. According to Matt, yes. I hate the sea and everything in it. Uh-huh. Uh, but, my bad well, thing... I like the sea okay. and everything in it. Well, Do it you? appears we're in an impasse. Uh, conflict. You wouldn't get this in Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> or in the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> Legitimate ocean <No> conflict. conflict. <laughs> Not really. Uh, my bad thing is something that Matt mentioned in his summary, which is in the cartoon, they, they pitched down James Earl Jones' voice, which I think was to stall for time because we needed more of that, I guess. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta fill this thing up to two hours. No, I think I think what they were trying to do is make him sound even like make his voice sound even deeper. And he's James Earl fucking Jones. You don't need to do that. Yeah, but there, no, you're th- fine. There was no way to change the pitch and not the tempo. So he We must find Oh my god, just get on with it. I'm Darth Yeah. And the thing is, because I spend a lot of time editing audio, I, I notice these things, and it's just like, that guy has such a great voice. Why would you do anything? Shh. Like, just leave it. Just, ah, ah. Just, just whoever the director was, just going, eh, it's not bad. Yeah. We can do better. I can make it better, <laughs> he's though. He's not bad, but he's not slow enough. Uh, come <laughs> on, Brock Peters. <laughs> what it needs is more nostril. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got? I, have you got any nostril? I will say this: of all the <laughs> more things nostril that, on this, yeah. Of all the What's things that? that disappointed me about this show, the fact that Darth Vader didn't have a musical number is at the top. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I've, I've seen those videos from uh, Disneyland. I know he can dance. <laughs> uh, hmm. Yeah. What? <laughs> have you guys not seen the uh, Star Wars Disneyland floor show? Uh, the problem is I haven't, and I'm, I fear if I say no, you're going to make me watch it. All right, hang on. No! So, <laughs> I've seen it, I've seen it. So, yes, I have. Yes. Because as we've established I'm from us... I'm watching it now. <laughs> as we've established, you apparently have the power to make us watch awful things. That's amazing! I'm like that kid from the Twilight Zone. Oh, God! <laughs> Just wish me to the fucking cornfield already, please. <laughs> Uh, Matt, you managed to find a good thing in all this. I actually did manage to find a good thing in this. What was that? I genuinely like how the art style of the cartoon segment looks. I mean, okay, so 3PO and R2-D2 are basically the versions of them from droids, but I I really like the uh, super stylized uh, Han and uh, Luke 
Han that couldn't literally couldn't open his eyes. He couldn't open his eyes. He had a weird horse face, but I'm like, yeah, that's Harrison Ford. <laughs> they got and, his pouty uh, lips. Luke Skywalker, right. who had beautiful girl eyes. Well, well, that, that's quite accurate. You could yeah. lose yourself in them. Yep. I tried. Believe me, I tried. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it was definitely a distinctive style, and you you did uh, name check some uh, some more adult cartoons of the oh, era. Oh yeah, it to- it totally reminded me of heavy metal. Yeah. It did have a, what's his name, Ralph, Ralph Bakshi, is that how you say that? I think that might be it, yeah. Yeah, uh, feel to it. Like, I love, it's got that sort of, like, 70s over-animated uh, animation style to it, where everything sort of flows a bit too much. Yeah, I didn't like the actual, like, the way things moved, but the design wasn't too bad. Oh, see, I did. This is exactly the kind of thing I would have loved watching it when I was a kid. Hmm. No, like, R2-D2 just, like, wobbles around like a worm, it's weird. Yeah, he was very squishy. He was a very squishy R2-D2. Yeah. I didn't I didn't love that, but uh, but the look of it was kind of mm. cool, I suppose. Yeah. And that's so, all. Because because the cartoon got split between the two parts, all four of us get to say, the cartoon was the best part. It really yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like the, uh, the uh, style of mm. the said cartoon. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't, I wasn't that keen on... Uh, Han Solo's face, face as, <laughs> face, Sorry about as face. Say. <laughs> face in inverted commas. Han, as you say, Solo's face. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very squinty, and I mean they got his his big full pouty lips. Which, oh, they uh, got they nailed those pouty lips, which probably looked ridiculous at the time. But then when you see the uh, frozen and carbonite version of him, you're like, whoa, okay, yeah, there they are. I always picture that frozen in carbonite hand to be going, ooh, on the inside. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Just for three months or however long it is he stayed in carbonite. Ooh, two years. Mm. Was it two years? Yeah, two years. time to watch half of the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, here's a good thing. We're not watching it anymore. Yeah. yeah. We're not, but, but we're we are talking, talking about, about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair point. Uh, what what bad thing did you pick, Matt? Um, golly, I have a list of bad things. Okay, I don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing or what, but I will say this. I was genuinely, utterly mystified by the ending, as Chewie and his family just literally don red cloaks and then walk into space to have a cult ceremony. Yeah, like, and then kill Lumpy with their their stylized daggers. Well, they have to they have to sacrifice him to their dark gods. Well, this is all just an elaborate uh, adaptation of Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, actually. So. <laughs> I just like I know a lot about Star Wars. If that's not if that hasn't been obvious so far mm-hmm. in this episode, and I have no idea what the fuck was going on, and it, it is not often that I get to experience the feeling of utter bafflement. I, that was really, honestly, my genuine reaction to this was not, oh, this is so bad. And I think that's probably because the internet has told me this is literally the worst thing ever. And mm-hmm. so, like, I was prepared for something just, like, okay, it was badly written. The performers were just not even there. Like, they barely even showed up. And, and just, like, mm-hmm. every every part of it was not great. But it, I don't know. It was, like, it was competent? Is That's not the right word. But, like. Slightly less than competent. Yeah, yeah, but it was. <laughs> it it had it had pictures and sound, and it had a series of images meant to tell a story. It 
was definitely a television show from yeah, the 1970s. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. It was a television show. It was With... definitely 26 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Or it mm. might have been 24. Something. It might have been that. Or it's on video. It might be 30, actually. Yeah. It was a number of frames in a second. <laughs> there were X number of frames in a second. Right. Does that mean we have to link it into the theory of everything? Well, it's part of everything. That is true. Much as I wish it weren't. Mm. So if I you think can, that's why they haven't found the theory yet, because everybody keeps ignoring that. So, so reconciling uh, relativity and uh, quantum mechanics is is easy, but uh, including the Star Wars holiday special, that's hard. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's the hard bit. Nice, nice uh, quote there. <laughs> I thought you might pick up on that. <laughs> Reading Klingon, that's hard. Um. I, I don't know. I'll, overall, though, I think my favorite part was when the stormtrooper ripped the head off the stuffed bantha. That was just truly special. Billy, no! <laughs> just like Francois. Yes, Francois, no! I think, my f- <laughs> I think my favorite bit from Stormtrooper came just before that, where we kicked a chair over. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you this, really- is the, this is the elite fighting squad of the mighty Galactic Empire. <laughs> And they just decide to go be mean to this kid. Yeah, kicking over a child's <laughs> chair and ripping up his stuffed animal. Oh my god, and then they come downstairs and tell him to go clean up his room. Oh god. <laughs> it's like, it's you... Christmas, damn I mean, life day. Yeah. <laughs> you assholes. And then, and then he's ready to clean up his room, and then the background, the Imperials are going... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, a, a generation of children about my age just have nightmares of stormtroopers coming to kill them if they don't clean their rooms. <laughs> I I did not or at least kill the teddy bears. Yes. Right. I I did not uh, exaggerate when I said that that one stormtrooper actually died by tripping over his own gun. No. Nope. By the way, that <laughs> actually he was happened. Going to try and pick up. Yeah, he dropped it and then like le- leaned down to pick it up and tripped over it and fell over a railing to his death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as he was falling, he thought, well, "Oh no, not again." <laughs> well, that was stupid, wasn't it? Oops. He's not a bowl of petunias. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the rifle next to him was... Ah! So long, and thanks for the fish. Yeah, the rifle next to him is thinking... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just impressed English Gav picked up on our uh, on our Hitchhiker's Guide riff there. It's, it's the only media he's been exposed to. No, I think I think it's just uh, he only does it to, to fuck with Irish Gav. Like when, when he's here with us, he, can, uh, he, he knows all the references. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying he's so all like? We we actually we actually have a fair amount of uh, uh, mail to cover, so I want to make I, I kind of want to cut this a little short. Is there any other things we absolutely need to cover before we? Uh, um, we we, push we need to cover the Tubor robot and how it's robot spelled backwards. Oh yes, as the as the <laughs> announcer the told us. <laughs> that would have been my quote in this. In this <laughs> the book. robot spelled backwards. I I just love that he's got a little briefcase he carries around. It's I, I they they gave like a half sort of like. Uh, his accessory pack. Uh huh. It's a briefcase. <laughs> yeah. I am. I am He's on going... my way to business. <laughs> I can talk about business. <laughs> so he has two kids in a trench coat. I knew it. <laughs> yes. Vincent. Oh, Vincent. Best. Ca- Look. Listen. Looking back on 2014, Vincent is the best new character in any show <laughs> by far. Uh, okay, anyway. Vincent. 
Vincent's character from Bojack Horseman. Uh, He's two kids in a trench coat. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not asking you to remember this anymore. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there is a test. Yes. Uh, the, the one last thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the last commercial on this thing is one for Star Wars action figures. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a thirty. I'm a thirty-one-year-old man who doesn't actually like Star Wars anymore. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you, that shit worked. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, I want a Death Star, <laughs> even though it's made mostly out of cardboard. And if I'm not mistaken, no, because this was '78, so they they would have had the toys now. But in 77, infamously, they did not realize that the uh, the huge demand that there would be for toys. And so all they could do was sell empty boxes to children and say, the toys are coming, but you have to wait. Yeah. Uh, just terrible. <laughs> so many children in, in the Christmas of 77 opened up what they thought was a Star Wars toy, and it was just a promise for a Star Wars toy at a later date. Oh, boy, Star Wars. Well, no, sweetie. Yes, yes, but not yet. <laughs> And they opened I, it up, and it was it was just a it was just a toy bouncer that had his head taken. That <laughs> they, they woke up. Head not w- include. So. <laughs> I just they picture... woke up next to in Christmas morning. Yeah, that's that's what I was picturing: waking up with the bantha head in its bed. Ah! <laughs> uh, You're not going to make that holiday special now, are you? <laughs> Gavs, any any final thoughts from you? Well, just one more thing uh, mm-hmm. concerning Lumpy cleaning his room. You know, mm-hmm. the Imperial is wanting him to clean his room. How, how far does that go? I mean, does, that, does the Emperor concerned with people uh, with people having clean rooms? I, I assume like, that's uh, part of his multi-point plan for, for total galactic order, yes. Oh, I think you'll find your room is quite messy when your friends arrive. <laughs> now, now, you will dust! Have you ever heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? It, it seemed that his room was so dirty that it could actually bring people back from the dead. <laughs> in, in that there were dead people in his room. In his room. <laughs> uh, English Kevin. All this little... and more and more Emperor impressions on the Star Wars, Star Wars holiday, holiday special. special. <laughs> Nothing more for me, I don't think. Uh... Very well. Uh, let us. Uh, well, first, let's do our quotes. Let us pray. Yes, let us <laughs> life day pray. Oh well, well there is uh, that eagle advert. I really did like the story of that. <laughs> that uh, wasn't actually part of the canon of the actual <laughs> holiday special. That's too bad too, because it really made me want to buy an eagle. <laughs> it, it looked like uh, Stephen Colbert is doing a series of, of mock patriotic ads for uh, pistachios now with a, with an eagle. And it looked like that. It looked like a parody. It did not look like a real thing. Yep. Just ridiculous. But it still had more of a story than the whole this special did. That's fair. That's, bird bird that's catches fish, bird flies away. That is a story. That is a <laughs> linear story. The end. I was trying to feed his family as well. Yes. Yeah. This is more of a story than the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, this this empty can of, of hilariously named energy drink is uh, has more of a story. <laughs> ah, Michael Caine. Did you say Michael Caine? <laughs> yes, Michael Caine. Well, Michael Caine sounds like this. All right, Matt, what was your quote? Uh, what was my quote? Oh, yeah, it was this. Every one of the 10,000 terminals on your circuit breaker module is marked in a particular color. Beautiful, aren't they? <laughs> Like a rainbow. That was a great quote. Indeed. What was your quote, Al? (laughs) 
Mine was uh, B. Arthur's particularly cheesy line uh, toward the end of the uh, of her of her musical number. You know I'm here, friend. Is that a dear friend? Which uh, I during the course of that song. B. Arthur says the word friends more than I've ever said friends, and I've said it 204 <laughs> times so far. <laughs> All right, on to the mail. Uh, you, you guys can certainly help us. Uh, have have you been logging that in your friends diary? Uh, yes. Friends diary. Friends face. Yeah. What? Friends face. It's a uh, IT crowd reference. Ah, I see. <laughs> That's the uh, British Big Bang Theory, right? <laughs> Ouch. <sighs> I kid, I kid. Like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have some mail here. Uh, as I say, you guys are certainly welcome to to uh, assist us in this. Uh, I hit yes, the. We have we have one mail as well. Ah, excellent. One well, oh, um... yeah. <laughs> one mail between us. I... <laughs> How come he hasn't spoken yet? <laughs> He's dead. Oh well. We're hoping to put him in an untidy room, though. If you would clean your room, you wouldn't have so many corpses lying about. It's uh, lousy with corpses. Yeah, lousy with bludgeoned corpses. I hit the uh, the the promotion of the sticker thing pretty hard, so uh, we we do have a fair amount here, but uh, we will we will dismiss most of these out of hand, I'm sure. Uh, first one comes from Shauna, and she says. I was so full, I was full of so much horror at the thought of you subjecting yourselves to this, my first email was blank. You brave, foolish people. But really, can we take a moment to consider that this tried to make B. Arthur into some sort of sex symbol to the young, impressionable children who watched this abomination? The thing is, I don't think B. Arthur has ever been young. No? Like, she's just one of those people that emerged from the womb, you know, old and sarcastic. Yeah. She, she should use the same makeup that Mark Hamill had. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mark Hamill made a much prettier girl than she did. Or just used her younger sister, like Mark Hamill did. <laughs> oh, is that who that was? What? So, like, C. Arthur? Oh, God. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to... I'm going to... Uh, people who wrote in without specific questions, I'm just going to mention uh, that they wrote in for some stickers. Uh, so, thank you, <laughs> Stacy. Uh, oh, this one is from English Gav. Ah. Yay. <laughs> and he says, Dear post-drunken wars, uh, if you were to vote against Matt having topic ideas again, how quickly would you say yes? Now give me my stickers. I would not say yes. There's a follow-up question, but let's let's touch this first. Uh, very, very quickly. Six quickly. Uh, Seven quickly. Seven. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's that's even quicker. None quickly. I'm full of great ideas. <sighs> you get no more votes. Aww. Uh And he, he also says, what advent calendars did you all have this year? <laughs> well, this would be quick. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually completely unfamiliar with that tradition until recently. It's just, really? It, it, we don't have the... I mean, we do have them in America somewhere, but it's not like a mainstream American thing, huh. so... I just I have a dairy milk one. All right. I actually have three this year. Three? Yeah. Greedy bastard. I had a Mars and the Maltesers one, but I also got bought a Star Wars one. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. You were doing research, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I've I know at least one person who has a uh, beer advent calendar. Mm, so you, a you friend should've... of mine had got that this year too. Yeah, I think that's who it was actually. I think it was your friend Mark who did that. Yeah, Mark. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I wanted uh, one. I was super fucking jealous. <laughs> that would but be they... giant though, like like uh uh twenty five beers. Twenty five in... beers, yeah. Yeah, in one giant, that would be yep. huge. But the th- the th- the thing is, he didn't use it as an advent calendar. He just started drinking. <laughs> he just had twenty four <laughs> beers one night. Yeah. I mean, you can't open the Christmas one till Christmas. I I did see one online. Somebody was making beer advent calendars, but in the shape of a tree, which had 25 drawers all over this giant wooden tree. That is brilliant. That's pretty cool. They beer in, and on the 25th day, there was some sort of special surprise as well. Also, I do like the idea of someone cutting down a tree to make a wooden tree. (laughs) (laughs) That's my kind of irony right there. That really seems like it would be insulting to the tree. Uh huh. Stick it to that tree. <laughs> Fuck you. I would make I would make a cabinet that just opens up uh, that would uh, amaze a stormtrooper. <laughs> what? Well, the cabinets in uh, all the doors in Star Wars open automatically, so they're fascinated by doors that don't open automatically. How does it work? <laughs> Gotta get that serum I, through. And why do I sound like strong bad? <laughs> Uh, next one comes from Alan, and he says, Just to share, my time watching the holiday special was particularly nasty surprise. I fell asleep on the couch while a group of us were watching New Battlestar Galactica. Coming to, I blearily made out the voices of Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Blinking through the confusion, I realized I'd been wedged in by friends while they'd started the holiday special on me. Their grins were terrifyingly triumphant. Thank the Force, it was the Rift Tracks version. It made it a little easier to go down, like cherry-flavored feces. <laughs> I can't even see how the how Rift Tracks would improve this. I have not seen it. Now that I've watched the special, I might I might check that out because I do generally enjoy Rift Tracks. So. The, the problem there is that uh, uh, the version we have comes with commercials. I doubt the Rift Tracks one does. Right. No, I I just picked the first one I could find, and I wanted to sync up. Like I wanted us all to have the same copy so that yeah. we could you know be in sync. But yeah, I'd be fine with that. Um, I like the end sync reference there. Right. Oh, definitely. Well, you got to have apostrophes. It's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, they don't have an apostrophe. They have a star, don't they? Yes. Yeah, like star and easy. Yes. Yeah, or possibly a war. I'm not entirely sure. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. This one comes from David, and he says, Hello, Pa and DTT types. I am I am a poor student with two kids to feed. I live in the UK with its practically free higher education system and free health service. I can only dream of being a rich yank suffering bankruptcy because I caught a cold. <laughs> Zing, I guess. <laughs> That's very specifically at me because none of the rest of you... Uh, yeah, he really put you in your place, dude. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the secret to that is never get sick or injured. Um, <laughs> could you pair and that other pair spare a sticker or two? Uh... Yeah, not, I think. Ni- not not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> uh, and the rest of this talks about uh, uh, Star Trek, which uh, several of you sent in Star Trek questions, and I do appreciate that. But we'll get to those on our actual next supplemental. I didn't want to slow things down with uh, Star Trek discussion since one of us doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah, Matt. <laughs> oh, well, we've only just passed the halfway point. He'll get there. Yeah, I'll pick it up as we go along. Right. Uh, one from Scott Zioko asking for some stickers let's see Um, I'm pretty sure part of the contract was asking a question as well 
no, in fact, I specifically said you don't have to ask a question because I mostly just have all these stickers that I wanted to get rid of. It, it was honestly, it was less that and more that uh, Steve Olding, who is a listener and a fan of both of our shows, made these fantastic stickers, and I just I wanted to show them off. Look what this guy did for us. Yeah, they did. those things are gorgeous. Yeah. That's that's the real reason, and uh, yes, he's he's been very good. Yeah, he's, with he's all of his art. <laughs> he's doing a lot of stuff for you guys now, like a like a Dalek Steve uh, comic, which is <laughs> yes, a few two of them. Yeah, yeah, two of them, I think so far. He did a he did a Halloween one where uh, his Halloween costume was as the Fourth Doctor, which I loved. <laughs> that was fantastic. I really kind of want to see a Dalek Steve uh, Ensign Sad Sack team up at this. Point. Oh yes. <laughs> and lumpy. Yes, and lumpy. Oh lord. <laughs> yes, and lumpy was the name of his short-lived sitcom. <laughs> lumpy, named so because of all the crap in his fur. <laughs> Literally crap. Yep. Just riddled with dingleberries. Yep. You ever shave a dog's ass? That's his entire body. <laughs> you know, Matt? No, I've never <laughs> shaved a dog's ass. <laughs> Well, I you too. have lived friend. Is that a tear friend? <laughs> 40 years old and I've only just seen the Star Wars Holiday Special and never shaved a dog's ass. I too have shaved a dog in the ass. <laughs> in the ass. So actually in it, not around the ass. Wow. No, dog, dogs are so much like Wookiees. Just like Wookiees. Their yeah, entire interior is fur. He had to get his butt plug back. <laughs> Next one comes from Brian, and he says, Dear Posties and Drunkards, uh, if you could elevate any B, C, or D-list sci-fi franchise to the A-list status enjoyed by Star Wars, Star Trek, and Doctor Who, what would it be? Do you think Voyagers, not Voyager, but Voyagers, the, the short-lived time travel show, is criminally underrated? Do you think the world needs to know about Blake 7? Is humanity ready for Logan's run the next several generations? Do you long for J.J. Abrams' take on Captain EO? Also, I want stickers. I gave my address to the boy in the hall. Uh, one of yeah. you want to field this? <laughs> you watched a lot of crappy things <laughs> in the 90s, didn't you? That's what I was thinking, but I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I did like sliders at the time. <laughs> Would you like to see a, a modern like like reboot of that? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that sounds awesome. Ringing <laughs> endorsement. Uh, oh, God. I think they've eked as much as they possibly can out of Stargate. Apart from Universe was awesome, and that should have well, continued. Well, now they're, some good now they're relaunching it, so... Are know, they? Oh, yeah, they're relaunching the, the movies, right? Again. Yeah. Uh, I actually loved the show Voyagers, which was, I think they maybe had, like, one season over here. Which somebody recently, I think our friend Gregory said it was like an American Doctor Who, and it kind of was, because it was about this um, time traveler guy, time traveler adventurer guy, who went around fixing history, and he had a, a companion. Mm. And, like, I mean, other than that, it was nothing like Doctor Who, but just in the basic premise it was. And uh, it was, I mean, it was cheesy as hell. It was 1982, but I was, you know, six or eight at the time, so it was it was fantastic to me. I don't know if I'd want to see an update of it, though. Mm. What about you, Matt? Uh, 2001. Not the movie, the Jack Kirby comic. Yes. Starring Machine Man. <laughs> the insane Jack Kirby comic. Yes. 
Very well. I want to see 15 spin-offs all starring Machine Man. <laughs> Very well. About people evolving into apes. Or backwards. A planet where people evolve from apes? Yeah. Well, right. You know, you know, this planet. <laughs> uh, Irish Cab, did you... Did you it's too hard to... Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Planet of the Apes. That's mine. But they've done that. They've actually yeah, done it really well. Yeah. We haven't said, we haven't said, we just said to elevate it to oh, make see. more people like it. I think that's what its question is, isn't it? Somebody, somebody looked at Planet of the Apes and said, this needs more John Lithgow. And they were Great right, dwarf. damn it. Ah, there you go. Oh, that's a good one. Gav said that. Yeah. They they really should bring that show back. I want a TV series. I want a TV series. Well, apparently, based... they are making it again. Uh, Another one. Yeah, is Rob Grant involved yet? No, I doubt he'll ever be involved. Yeah, then. Uh, yeah, not really. Don't you want to see like a, th a two-hour-long Blade Runner parody? I know I do. Honestly, I didn't like Back to Earth, but I did like the following series after that. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, I uh, still haven't seen that. What happened to my life? Did you guys see that? What was that? Uh, I think they called it Red Dwarf X, the the most recent run, the re the recent yeah. six episode series. Oh, the last, the, the one that was on very recently, and it was yeah. actually yeah good. Yeah, I thought it wasn't bad. Mm. The, I thought it was a yeah, lot was better than Back better to Earth. Than the Back to the Earth. Yeah, the one that aired on yeah, oh, Dave. Yeah, because yeah, it was more like an actual the show used to be. Yeah, right. It wasn't like big budget, or it was just like a here we are, here is. What yeah, sci-fi sitcom. Sci-fi sitcom. Yeah. I don't know. At this point, I really think it's sort of time to let Red Dwarf just be done. You know? Yeah. Like, season 10 was apparently fine. Back to Earth was not. But, you know, like, it's never going to get to those, like, season 5, like, season 4, season 5 heights. Just let it go. Yeah. Let everyone well, go back to being on Coronation Street. People would have said the same thing about uh, Star Trek after Enterprise, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, but in fairness, they didn't keep the same actors. No. Like they started completely over. If they want to, re if J.J. Abrams wants to relaunch Red Dwarf, I'll watch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Which it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be deadly serious. <laughs> with uh, with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as the polymorph. Uh, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. So do I. I Thank still you. think of him as the guy who ruined Star Trek, so I do not. not he, he did not write Star Trek. He, no, but he not, ruined it. It's not his fault. It's his fault. Sorry. It's, it's not fault. his fault. He's the face of it. The weird, melty face. Of yes, it. thank you, Al. <laughs> I wasn't even going to say it. <laughs> of course you were. After he said face. You I, I had to say it then. <laughs> But I specifically told myself, all right, don't make a face joke. Don't make a face. I didn't make a name joke. Don't, don't make a face joke. Don't make it. Sorry about your face. You Damn be it. The new Han Solo. Who? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, the new Han Solo. Yeah. Well, he looks like. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, the we're going for. <laughs> they call me Squints Cumberbatch. <laughs> Honestly, the, the, the real answer is I've never seen him in anything I've liked him in, but I'm sure he's fine. I just, I haven't, I've yet to see him be in something that I enjoy, so. Well, I, it's not it's not only that he, he hasn't been in stuff that you don't enjoy, it's that he is in stuff that you actively dislike. 
Like, well, yeah, Into Darkness and Sherlock. You hate exactly. Sherlock, yeah. Oh, and Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings, yeah. Yeah, so he he picked projects that he knows I'm going to hate. Yeah. What are, you, what are your feelings on uh, Doctor Strange? Uh, None. All right. No it's a good feelings? place to start. But there right. will be. I hate it. <laughs> I don't know. I thought a Thor movie would be a mess, and they made that okay. So you never yeah. know. We'll see. Uh, let's see. More sticker requests from Beeve, from Brent who says, you've reawakened my love of DS9. Presumably it's not Brent Spiner. Aw. Uh, one from <laughs> Seth. He's talking about Star Trek, so we'll wait on that. Um, let's see. Aww. Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. One from Tidro, more about Star Trek. Uh, I, I should have been more clear that uh, Star Trek questions are really for when we just talk about Star Trek and we're trying to talk about other things here. I have a Star Wars question, if you want. Please. Oh, of course. What's the best thing about the prequels and the worst thing about the original movies? Oh, okay. Best thing about the prequels is I really, I still really think the lightsaber fights are cool. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking easiest answer ever, but I fucking, you know, that's the best thing about those movies. There's some kick-ass lightsaber fights in those. Mm -hmm. Worst thing... I have to agree with that. Fucking, there are huge chunks of uh, of uh, Star Wars, the original, uh, the original Star Wars. They're just boring as hell. Yeah, I I'll stand hate, by that. I hate the middle scene at the end. Mm -hmm. Really? It just no, I just don't like it. Take it off. Really? Yep. I mean, it's it's narratively unnecessary. You're right about that, but it's it's not like it's super long or anything. It's it's maybe two minutes long, if that. I just picture like that, and just uh, Gav in the background just go, boo! <laughs> You're not funny. Boo! Give the Wookiee a medal. Boo! How much Han Solo get a medal for? For for coming back, shooting at a Tie Fighter and missing and hitting vaguely hitting another one, and 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 he gets a medal. Uh -huh. I think it would cost you in sick for life day, so he's going to the island. <laughs> Boo! Luke has a stupid sweater now! Boo! <laughs> Boo! Luke doesn't look anything like a girl. Boo! <laughs> uh, I would say the best thing about uh, the prequels is um, Ewan McGregor. Mm. Like... You know, people had various problems with different cast members, but I've pretty much, even even like the full hardcore prequel haters admit he was well cast and yep. was quite good. And the, the bits in uh, episode two where he's like trying to solve the mystery, just like I would totally watch just a young Obi-Wan on adventures by himself. Oh, yeah. Like movie or show or whatever. Like that was great. Uh, and, and the worst thing about the originals... Um, I would say Jedi, even as a kid, was very disappointing to me. Like, just it felt like there was all this buildup in Empire, and Jedi just kind of like, and then they built another Death Star, and then everybody died, and everybody was happy at the end. Yeah. Like, it felt rushed and just not not very worth it to me. I, I always really liked Jedi. I mean, mm. I prefer the, the opening, the like, all the Jabba the Hutt stuff. All the Jabba stuff's good. Yeah. But the payoff of the overarching story just felt suddenly Vader is this tortured, divided, maybe he's good, maybe he's evil guy. That's never been part of his character before. No, he's an asshole. 
Right. And suddenly they're just building another Death Star. They're just a lot of stuff just... And, oh, Yoda's uh, dead now. Why not? <laughs> dead I am. Like, he seemed fine in the last <laughs> one. Well, when not. 900 years old you reach, blah, etc. Well, keep in mind, it's been... Et cetera, and so on. Yeah, but those keep in are mind, it's been two years between, uh, between movies, too. Yeah, How do you know that? He's been he's been uh, he's been taking cocaine quite a lot in movies. Yes, mm. because I read the hit novel by Kevin was it Kevin J. No, it was uh, Steve Perry. Oh, right, where they're where they're chasing around Prince Eeyore. Yep, exactly. Shad Shadows of the Empire. Uh huh. Oh yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The book they tried <laughs> to make into a movie. Our next question comes from John Wiggins, and he says, "Just out of curiosity, no. is there anything where the Doctor has to fight the Q?" Uh, if such a battle in, of wits and horrible puns, who would be the victor? That actually would be kind of an interesting matchup, I think. Like, seeing yeah. one of the doctors have to face down, like, you know, the main cue, like John Delancey's Yeah, that Q. sounds awesome. I'd be all over that. Yeah. What do you guys think? I'd say Q would win. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Since he's, like, the beyonder. Uh, yeah, but the doctor like yeah. outwits. It be, yeah, it would be interesting. The doctor outwits guys that powerful. Yeah, it went down. Obviously, but I can't see the cue being bettered there. I the I just cube. I I feel like the doctor's like faced down all powerful guys before, and he's won. Like it mm -hmm. seems like he does actually have a fighting chance there. He just no. has to make himself interesting, which right. should not be a problem for almost any of the doctors. I'd right. Like to see the sixth Doctor go up against Q. <laughs> Was that uh, Celery Doctor? No, it's the one after. It's, it's, the, it's, the one, it's the one who tried to kill Perry, if you recall. Oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last uh, year? <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of holiday things, I'm trying to forget. <laughs> Except for Perry. I'm okay with remembering that. Oh, yeah, Perry's fine. Uh, let's see. Uh, this one was about Star Trek. Uh, this one was about Star Trek. Uh, Nathan sent us the same question that he sent you. Uh, this one's about Star Trek. Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. Yes, but I, I rest assured, all you guys are going to get your uh, your stickers. I just uh, I feel like these discussions will be better served in the other uh, the other supplemental. Mm. Um, Star Trek, Star Trek. Ooh. Here's one from our uh, Italian listener, Simone, I, and I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, dear Alan Matt and dear Gavin Gav, how are you? Uh, Good. I'm fine, thank you. I'm <laughs> trying to get drunk. Uh, my buzz is starting to wear off a little. I gotta fix that shit. <laughs> uh, greetings from Italy, the land of mafia spaghetti and mandolino. Gosh, I don't know what that means. I thought that was New York. Oh, those who brought us singing. Hmm. Uh, I became a DTT fan thanks to Pa, Yay. and I became a Doctor Who fan thanks to DTT. Yay! Uh, I have a technical question for the Gavs. How can I get the lost Doctor Who episodes? I gather there are reconstructions with audio and stills, but I can't find them on the internet, and if I have to go to Britain just to purchase them, I'd like to be certain of what to buy. P.S. Italian TV thanks its... Uh, thanks to its meticulous Cardassian record keepers, has a huge archive of all the garbage it produces from the 50s on, but couldn't keep copies of great shows from the UK or USA. <laughs> There's a question for us too, but I'll let you guys address this first. Officially, I'm not actually sure. There are some on the Region 2 
DVDs. Um, oh, included release, as extras? Yeah, where they release, epi- you know, where there are episodes missing, they have done the odd uh, missing episode. Are the reconstructions official? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, definitely not. No. They're like watching the holiday special. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I feel like the yeah. BBC, if they had surviving recordings, would at least make an attempt. You know, I mean, there's money have, to be made out of it. They have actually officially released... Uh, right, the they did animated sound- ones, right? They've done, they've done animated ones. Mm-hmm. They've done the soundtracks as well. You can get them on mm-hmm. CD with uh, some of the Doctor Who actors doing narration. Oh, nice. Things like Evil of the Daleks and Dalek Master Plan. You can get them on Amazon. Mm. And the Evil of the Daleks Master Plan. And the Cave of Daleks. Evil of the Daleks. <laughs> on the Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, <laughs> the, the Web yeah, of the get, Daleks. You can get them audio. but uh, And then on the BBC website, you can also find uh, pictures. You know, because someone's actually, at, when they were on TV at the time, someone took a picture Every right, publicity few, stills, yeah. I assume. Well, they're, they're like quite often, every few seconds. Mm. Oh. So someone was making a photo novel. Minutes. Yes. Someone was, I think, doing the, the, doing the video thing, you know, but with camera. Mm. Right. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some before on YouTube as well, I think. But hmm. That's very, the YouTube oh, yeah, they the get taken well. down eventually. But you should be able to find quite a few on YouTube. So you're saying it really, it shouldn't, like, it shouldn't cost him any money to find this stuff. Like, it sounds like most of the sources of this stuff is, is free. Yeah. Um, if you just go to the Wikipedia Missing Doctor Who Episodes page and, mm. you know, cross-reference with YouTube and Amazon, you might be able to find a few things. Hmm. And then this question for us, for Alan Matt. We finally get to the DS9 war stuff. Don't you think Commander Captain God Cisco should be in prison by now? It's continuous illegal incursions in the Dominion land, a.k.a. Gamma Quadrant Amusement Park, are what caused the war in the first place. If I was family to one of the thousands of Starfleet personnel who would be killed in the war, I'd not be very happy. Spoiler, I think? Ah, that's fine. Well, I mean, like, the thing is, he's been ordered to keep going into the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah, this is true. You know, like, that. this is all from Starfleet Command going, okay, head back into the Gamma Quadrant, poke around some more. No, those um, missions, he doesn't get to pick where they go. I'm pretty no. sure they come from Starfleet Command. Yeah. Yeah, Starfleet Command head should be in prison. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All of them. I'll and... begin to Star Wars. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. I, I skipped most of these, but because that one was addressed to both of us, I, uh, yeah. I let that one through. Nah, that's um, not, not. Okay. The other thing you is, were just you know, confusing Gus. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take much. And is he still dizzy is, from know... the intro? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, Cisco, God to uh, Bajoran people. Mm-hmm. Um, really don't want to piss those guys off right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this one comes from Richard, uh, who has written excellent songs for both of our shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the beer jingle that you guys have been using and the uh, the Keiko O'Brien song that we've played. Uh, he says, because of the Gavs, I can talk about beer. So I have this batch of homebrew winter ale that through sheer chance will be ready on Christmas Eve. I assume that because of anomalies, it will have Braga-esque mystical qualities. Could the four of you let me know what my relatives should expect? Body swap? Killing spree? Cybermen? Check the orb of guessing and give me some answers. Absolutely love both your shows. Keep up the good work. 
The problem there is what? that it's gonna is that the beer itself is fine until it enters a uh, gaseous cloud entity, <laughs> and then starts. Uh, it'll start to tra- de-evolving anyone who drinks it. Oh, see, I see. I think evolving as well. Yes. Yeah. I I think someone will invade your dreams or some kind of bullshit sleepy dream sleep sleep dream thing. <laughs> but it's okay. You can fix that by hanging upside down. Yes. <laughs> Well, yes, because then all the evolution rushes to your brain. (laughs) (laughs) That's how evolution works, right, English Kev? As far as I'm aware, yes. (laughs) Well, you're the science authority, so... It's it's all done by gravity. (laughs) Yeah, that's why you never see evolution in space. (laughs) That all checks out. I think he'll be fine as long as he doesn't drink below 60 miles per hour. Hmm. That's probably uh, well, that's probably good happens, advice, no matter what. What happens if he drinks over eighty-eight miles per hour, Gav? The the, the, the bus will blow <laughs> and go back in time. Well, you're definitely going to see some serious shit. I'll tell you that much. Uh, our last email I have no comes. No idea who was on the bus, but it's going to be messy. <laughs> Hopefully, it was itchy and lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> itchy and lumpy get on the bus. A children's book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it starts out as a children's book. <laughs> and then they die. Uh, last, our last email comes from Arissa, uh, who writes, Dear Post-Atomic Horror and those other guys. Uh, Hi. I, <laughs> I would like to know, which Star Wars movie is your favorite? And has the Christmas special carved its way into your hearts? No. I've carved, I've carved its heart out, if that's what you mean. Mm. And eaten it like so much Klingon? Yes. Uh, Empire, next. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Empire. Empire, yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic God. fucking movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second one, or the fifth one, depending on how you count. Uh, I just answered for you. Yes. Uh, and then I believe you guys have a question as well. Uh, yes, we have a question uh, from Stephen. He has mm-hmm. uh, only one question that you can think of, of combining this Star Wars thing and your penchant for comedy. Who's your favorite golden girl? Ah, comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's no doubt the podcast will be better than the actual show you're reviewing, and he's very grateful for that. Happy holidays well, to you and your gallant crew. Looking at uh, at the runtime, it's actually now longer, if you can believe it, than the holiday <laughs> special. <laughs> well, that, that checks out. The hmm. uh, Hobbit movie takes it's quicker to read than than watch the movie, so that makes sense. Uh, that's fair. Um. Yeah, who is your favourite Golden Girl, Gav? I would have to go with Blanche. I think. Uh, you always How on earth Blanche do you know the person. Golden Girls? Because he's got them up on the screen right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was off the top of his head. Like, this is what he remembers, really? <laughs> I would say... Uh, Dorothy. Which one? Yeah. Dorothy Spornak. The one who was in the holiday special. All right. I gotta say, Sophia. I also liked her appearances on Empty Nest. I guess I'm gonna have to say Rose just so we can all have a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite Golden Girl was honorary Golden Girl Mitch Hurwitz, who went on to create Arrested Development. Uh, he wrote he wrote for the Golden Girls. So did Joss Whedon's father. Ah, mm-hmm. so he did. Rick Whedon. Schubert <laughs> <laughs> Whedon. <laughs> Schubert <laughs> J. Baca Whedon. <laughs> the third. 
All right. So I believe that is it. Is there anything else any of you wanted to say or do? I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. But I, we, on, yeah. we only have you to blame. But I love you uh, guys. I'm never watching it again. And happy life day to everyone. Do Okay, just to be clear. <laughs> when is life day and what the hell is it? Life day is at some point in time. And uh -huh. it involves walking into the sun. Yep. Hmm. A really tiny sun. A really yep. tiny sun. That should possibly be a black hole at that stage. Oh, now you're scientific. <laughs> please they don't, don't evolve when they're walking to it because that's in space. Please don't. Uh, what uh, are they apply... walking on? Uh, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> and don't it feel good? And with that, uh, next week we will resume regular Star Trekking uh, across the universe. On the Starship <laughs> Enterprise. <laughs> no, on on the, the Deep Space Nine. Come on. Under Captain Cisco. Yes. Uh, look, it's still better than the musical number, any of the musical numbers from this. There's Cardassians on the starboard bow, starboard bow, starboard bow. All right, Matt, say your thing. Let's get out of here. See you, folks. Happy Life Day. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.